This is the Best of the Adam Gold Show podcast, brought to you by Coach Pete at Capital Financial Advisory Group. Visit us at CapitalFinancialUSA.com. When I saw the news that Bradley Beal was essentially traded, the deal was agreed to yesterday, though it is on hold. Uh, Washington and Phoenix have swung a deal and that Chris Paul was headed the other way, part of the package going the other way, including Landry Shamit, I don't know, seven, 17 second-round picks, and then pick swaps until the NBA folds. Um, I thought, well, there's no bigger Chris Paul fan than my friend Brian Geisinger. Buzzbeat Podcast, Pack Pride, Devil's Den, points... Uh, three, five, seven, eight other spots that you can read his work online. He joins us on the Adam Gold Show at Guys underscore bird. Uh, what is Chris Paul at this stage of the game? I mean, he's still a good player. Like, uh, I don't think he's washed uh, necessarily, but um, he, while still being a pretty good player, is someone that's has proven now over multiple seasons it's hard for him to stay healthy in the postseason. Um, he's sort of broken down in th- over three straight playoffs now. Yeah. Um, and then that was sort of one of the main reasons why the Suns were looking to sort of move on from him. But this is a guy who had multiple times, I think in both maybe 2019 um, and at other points of his career, it's, it's sort of like looked over for him. Um, and then he goes to Oklahoma City and he gets in better shape and yep. he rebuilds. You know, he sort of like sets the um, builds culture for the Thunder and look. I mean, the Thunder look ready to make a jump. And I mean, a lot of that has to do with Shea Gilgis Alexander and all the other good players they've drafted. But that kind of did start with uh, Chris yep. Paul and Sam Presti together. So, uh, and then ultimately that gets him in Phoenix. So I think he can still be a guy that that helps you win. I can still think he can be a guy that uh, contributes to a, a, a title type team. And I think, still think he can be on the court uh, in the postseason in various late-game scenarios. It's just you would need probably, if it's going to be a team that's trying to win now, I think he can still help there. But it's probably going to be at a diminished capacity in terms of pick-and-roll touches, um, in terms of usage, in terms of you know clutch minutes, all that sort of stuff. Like He's still a very good offensive player, even without his ability to turn the corner. It's the, it's the health size and defensive concerns but he's still an okay player like we'll see what happens like i don't think he's going to play all next season uh in washington for the wizards so no um the next steps remain to be seen and my guess is he'll end up on a on a contending team at some point um between now and like the trade deadline or the buyout deadline yeah wa- uh, washington, washington is a brian geisinger is joining us washington is a complete rebuild again i don't know how mm-hmm. many times they how long they've been in a complete rebuild but you yeah, there's no use for a Chris Paul on a rebuild, he has to be part of uh, of an established team that is ready to win. My my ultimate question for him uh, it, or about him is if he goes to a team like the Lakers or I don't know the Heat or uh, kind of have a version of him in Kyle Lowry, although a uh, a maybe a, a a calmer version of Chris Paul. I don't uh, know, man. Those two guys are like two peas in a pod. I, I, I really I mean, think Lowry they, they are similar. Paul. I thought Lowry's a little bit more easygoing than Chris Paul. But if yeah. if he goes to a team that is established, does he go there in such a diminished role that it's mostly about his leadership and maybe giving them fifteen to twenty minutes in a night that 
you know, more so than being somebody who can play 30. I think there's that's definitely a chance. I think a lot of that is sort of like situational. Um, you know, Chris Paul still averaged 14 points, nine assists per game last season and shot 38% on three. Right. Like he was still pretty good uh, for a team that won a bunch of games last season. So, and he was a big part of that. Um, but yeah, I think it would depend on, you know, if he ends up with the Clippers or the Lakers or the the Celtics or whatever, like on all those teams, like the offense and the crunch time is probably going to run through their power wings. You know, if it's the Lakers, it's LeBron or Austin Reeves or the Clippers, it's, it's, it's Kawhi Leonard, it's Paul George. If it's the Celtics, it's Tatum and Jalen Brown, if he's still there, et cetera. But I, I think so. I think Chris would probably have to, unless he's willing to like dial it back to what he to dial it up to what he was like two seasons ago or right. three seasons ago. I think he's going to have to be ready to take on a, a little bit more diminished role. My guess is that he'd be okay with that. Yeah. Um, by the way, seen, Celtics is very interesting because they absolutely yeah. need somebody like that. The the only thing is like, do they need also someone that can get to the rim? Because that's something that like left Chris's game. You know, he's still been an elite point guard without the ability to right. get to the rim, but his ability to sort of like organize, um, and and also I mean, you know, be a guy that's been a playoff performer and give him some toughness. Um, yeah, it would it would yeah. certainly be interesting. By the way, Gold, uh, Chris Paul was uh, we should have we could have asked him any of these questions in person a couple weeks ago when yep. he was out at the uh, the TST. He was uh, in Cary, North Carolina. He was so, there every but, day. Yeah, pretty cool. Yes. Um, here's the the reason he was out there is what I was told is that he owns a piece of the basketball yes. tournament. Correct. So yes. there was a business they were trying to for Chris for to sure. maybe uh, drum up some interest. Don't know if it uh, worked or not. Also, don't know if he had a great time, but I did. Um, let me add, first of all, Bradley Beal, Devin Booker, Kevin Durant. As a big three, and I'll leave DeAndre Ayton out of this because I think that Phoenix is going to have to move Ayton just to recoup something. Otherwise, you can't play with four. You must have more. i got to have at least five on the court. So um, how does that big three stack up for you? It does, yeah, it does seem like they'll break Aiton into multiple rotation players, right? Right. Because you've got the three stars. Um, you just need to sort of like build out the roster four through eight, four through nine. Um, it's a really impressive bunch. I mean, Booker is a stud. Like Devin Booker is, I mean, is he the best shooting guard in the world? He might be. He's, he's a point he's guard incredible. now. And he, and he can play point guard. Um, he's very to. good at it. He's in the prime of his career. And, and Beal can vacillate and play on the ball some, too. So, you know, I think they'll have to work out something maybe from a playmaking standpoint. But the pull-up shooting, the overall talent, the skill is so, so, so good. I mean, I still think Phoenix is going to be lacking, like, dynamic rim pressure. We'll see what they break Aiton into if, if they end up trading him. Because I don't think Beal is, like, you know, a, a, just a maniac downhill driver. But he's an incredible pull-up shooter. He's an incredible, you know, multi-level scorer. He and Booker, or pardon me, he and Booker and Durant, all those guys can also play without the ball, and they're also all incredible shooters. So, like, when you're talking about can this work, can this fit, having shooting and having stars that can be threats both without the ball and with the ball, it's like, you know, Bradley Beal doesn't play like Trey Young when he doesn't have the basketball, right? Right. He's constantly relocating. He's cutting. You can run him off screens. Uh, you can do that with Durant and Booker too. So, like, I think they'll Frank Vogel will get in the lab and find some way to blend those three guys together. And I think their shooting and their willingness to play off the ball um, is going to allow that to function. The main thing will just be like, I think, how healthy are those guys and what what do they have in the tank come postseason time? 
Um, but it is, I'll tell you what, Cole, it is a heck of a lot uh, to uh, of, of you know roster construction from Phoenix to try to go at you know uh, Nikolai Jokic and the yeah. Denver Nuggets, like all that to go up this one guy. It's it's a uh, it is it is um, it's pretty amazing. But I thought the deal for both teams, Washington and Phoenix worked out. The Suns really didn't have to give up that much to get an all-star caliber no. player in Brad Beal because of the no trade clause, which ultimately killed any sort of leverage that Washington had. But they get off that deal, they get off the money, and now they get a can start the rebuild finally. Start the rebuild. <laughs> they, they, they've been in a constant state of rebuild. Brian Geisiger at Bgeis underscore bird on Twitter. So Draymond Green opted out of $27.6 million for the final year of his contract. Um does he have a value in the marketplace that would get him a long-term contract? Oh, for sure. I mean, I'm not sure if Draymond is still a max player, um, especially as the league is heading towards, you know, even even as the league is heading towards a new media deal, you know, you're going to have all these new cap restrictions coming into play in 2024. But is he still, like, he was still, like, on... When healthy, he was still probably like the best defensive player in the league last season, or certainly like a top three or four defensive player. Um, you know what he does passing. Certainly, he and Steph are like uh, you know a match made in heaven with Steph's gravity and movement and Draymond's passing and dribble handoff skills. So yeah, he absolutely does. I would say at least from like a defensive standpoint, team defender, one on one guy that can guard a bunch of different positions, and just because of his passing and his like basketball. Um, instincts and, and intellect yes i think he does have the ability to still command a, a multi-year deal that's worth you know nine figures in total but I, i'm not sure he's like a max player but yeah i could see him absolutely i mean like the kind of like could you see him signing a 40-year deal for a uh, 105 million like you can kind of like cop out you know what i mean with stuff like that but yes i think he can could still command uh, a figure in in that neighborhood despite yeah. His age, his regression, and the offensive limitations. So here's my question: If 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 he is that, then why hasn't Golden State already re-upped with him? Adam Golden Studio with my man, Coach Pete DeRuta, Capital Financial Advisory Group. You have a 401k, but you're changing jobs. You're taking that 401k with you. Next step. Well, a lot of people leave it behind, which is not a good thing. I mean, if you're not at the company anymore, your 401k shouldn't either. And that's when it's time for my 401k survival Oh, oh look box at that. Set. You see it right here. I've got workbooks, <laughs> guidebooks, DVDs in here that explain everything about your 401k. More importantly, how to build a lifetime income. It's a $300 value. I'm also going to give you a total retirement plan, which is a $1,000 value for the next 18 of you who call right now. No cost or obligation. Call. 888-843-0013 or text Adam to 600-700. Adam Gold is a paid spokesman. Investment advisory services offered by Capital Financial Advisory Group, a North Carolina registered investment advisor. Um, because well, I think well, he might. has more. I think he has more value to Golden State than he does to any other team in the league. Yeah, I w- I would agree with that. I would definitely. I mean, like he sets the he is the system for them defensively, and he's a huge part of their offense with how he and Curry play together mm-hmm. and play off of one another. Um, you know, Golden State's in a little bit of a weird spot. They, they let their GM go. Um, right. You know, Bob Myers, they let him walk out the door, and they're going to, you know, Mike Dunleavy's taking over, and the the owner's uh, super qualified son uh, is also going to, you know, help out <laughs> run basketball <laughs> operations out, out there uh, in the Bay Area. So, you know, like, I mean, my guess is stuff like that probably does um, – make this thing a little bit more challenging. I still think he'll like end up back there. He just probably wants to do it at a number that was above what he was going to be paid next season on the option 
or like whatever Golden State could have offered him in terms of an extension. So by this, by doing this, he thinks he can get more money on an, on an annual basis and we'll see if he's correct or not. I think the last three years of, uh, well, maybe not three years. I think the last half of whatever contract he signs is going to be Udonis Haslam glorified (laughs) assistant coach uh, area. All right, final thing. Uh, And this came from a question from somebody who's listener on Twitter who wants to know if there is any truth to a deal that would have the Hornets land Zion Williamson for the second pick in the draft. How much would Charlotte have to throw in to land Zion Williamson for the number two overall pick? I'm going to be honest with you. Like, it's sort of tough to, like, parse through, like, what's smoke and what isn't smoke. It probably says something about Zion's trade value, though, that, one, um, he's even available for a trade. This is a guy that, like, if his career was going according to plan, he would be absolutely untradeable. Right. Um, B, that the Hornets reportedly, according to Shams, and again, like, who knows what's real, who's, who knows what's not, are more interested in Brandon Ingram as a trade component than they are sure. in Zion Williamson, if you, if you subscribe to what Shams is reporting there. And that, in theory, you could also say the Hornets could trade for Zion Williamson, but you would need New Orleans to throw more stuff into the pot huh? to make it more appealing. How does, that work? Be- How does that work in the NBA, but it's the exact opposite? It's the, the, NBA, <laughs> the, the NFL is the ultimate automobile sales, right? As yeah. soon as you drive it, drive it off the lot, there's like 25% reduction in value. So it doesn't make a difference if you're a good player. Like, wait a second. We just got a third-round pick. That's all for that? Yeah. Meanwhile, yeah, that yeah. NBA stars that have been around for 10 years, uh, you know, are traded for five first-round picks. It's all yeah. silly. Yeah, it's it's nuts. And, I mean, like, I do think the, the, the Utah-Minnesota-Rudy Gobert deal from a year ago has just sort of, like, broke the brains of, like, what, like, you know, essentially six first round picks plus a bunch of good young players. Yeah. Like it was uh it was a bit of a miscalculation a bit. Uh, by Minnesota's bit. ownership group, including Alex Rodriguez and uh, the front office there. But yeah, like it is, look, it is possible. I don't think it's, I don't think it's super likely to happen. I don't think Charlotte should or will move the pick. I mean, maybe there's a chance if, if it's Brandon Ingram and Trey Murphy in the 14th pick and a 2024, like, you know, maybe if, if that's what the deal looks like, then they they ultimately do it. But the Hornets should oh, just yeah, I would do Henderson. that. Like I just just push the Scoot Henderson button, man. Like I would I, do that. I, in a, if you could get wait a minute, if you could get Brand Brandon Ingram and mm-hmm. uh, another good player in Trey Murphy, yeah, and flop and flip picks, I would do that a hundred yeah. times in a row. I mean, you could yeah, you could do that. Like I mean, I think that like if New Orleans is actually offering that, which right. like you know, I, I don't think like at this point, I don't think Trey Murphy has been mentioned like in any sort of you know actual like reported on pa- trade packages packages or trade options. Right. It's just sort of like if this deal was going to happen and the Hornets were going to ask for a good young player, that's absolutely where they would start. He could also very well just like be untouchable for New Orleans and right. like. Justifiably so, like he's an, a really awesome young wing, and on some nights is like the best shooter in the world. Um, so yeah, I like he's one of those guys I would covet. Uh, you know, if I was Char- if I were Charlotte, or if I were you know want to keep him, if I were uh, New Orleans. At B guys underscore Bird Brian Geisinger, I appreciate your time, my friend. Uh, we'll talk again very soon. I know you're excited for the draft on Thursday. Talk to you Absolutely. before then. All right, man. Yep. Take care, guys. You got it, Brian Geisinger here on the Adam Gold Show. 
This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.